Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, Ross Barber. And Marcia Novelli. And today we'd like to welcome Billy Grizak to the show. Billy has been a full-time musician for over 30 years and is also the host of the Mad Music Marketing Minutes and Music Marketing Monday podcasts. We're looking forward to finding out the secrets to Billy's long-term career in the music industry and getting to know more about the man himself. Hey, Billy, how's it going? It's going awesome. Cool. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am, I supposed, am I supposed to say more than that? Well, actually, it's going really phenomenally well. I just had four or five gigs in three days. I uh, just did a coaching uh, call, and uh, now I'm talking to you guys. Hey. That is awesome, Billy. We like to start off all our shows right off the bat with you telling us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Everybody should know about me. One, I'm obviously devastatingly good looking. Obviously. Two, two, it's actually been more like 40 years in the business as a full-time Ooh. musician. I took a short uh, break uh, to uh, start a marketing company when I had ill health and I couldn't sing. And that marketing thing carried over into music and marketing, which is what I do today. And three, I am a ridiculously uh, avid Star Trek fan. Cool. Is that the same as Star Wars? Ooh, oh, yeah. you yeah, don't want to go there. Yeah, I'm yeah, kidding. Okay. That was a joke. <laughs> Please. It was a joke. <laughs> was it really a joke? Was it? Was yes, it, it is. I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what you've got to look forward to for the next half hour, Billy. I'm sorry. I'm Seriously. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, oh, it's okay. So, it's been over 40 years or so. That just, you've been about 40, just about 40 years now. Yeah. My, um, my family actually uh, has about 100 years in the music business. My uh, grandfather was a big band leader in uh, Philadelphia area. My father was a semi-famous jazz musician. Uh, uh, played with like Dizzy Gillespie, Stan Getz. He used to do charts for Rosemary Clooney, stuff like that. Then I came along and I was like the rock guy. And then uh, my kids and my wife all play music now and my son does it full time. So that's about 100 years in the family business. Yeah. So it's a whole century. Good. Yeah, about, yeah. You I know, can do uh, math. Yeah, it's like 100 years. It's almost a whole century. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> almost a whole century. <laughs> We're learning something new every day. Yeah, so... This so is what this show's about. Teaching people how many years are in a century. Oh, I can hear the Canadian accent in you there, then. Hey. Hey. Yeah. What's it all about? A boot. Yeah. So, anyway, so, uh, but anyway, but I'm originally from the East Coast of uh, the United States of America, from the uh, New Jersey area. And uh, for the last 20 or so years, I've been living in Wisconsin in the Midwest. So, uh, which is like the last refuge of classic rock and roll in uh, the United States. It's uh, pretty much all becoming kind of R&B and hip-hop oriented, but uh, we're still like, it's like the 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 the, um, uh, the dry bread theory. It's like, you know, a piece of bread, you know, it'll get uh, 
uh, old and moldy and dry, and then the inside is still fresh, you know? So, like, you know, all the hip-hop and rap stuff is, like, all out on the East Coast and stuff, and it's kind of working its way into the Midwest, but we still got uh, the classic rock thing going on here, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> it's true, though, yeah. So you... It's mostly children's music that you do now. Have you? What have you? What were you doing previously? Was it, it was classic rock kind of stuff? Right. Well, I've always before? been. Well, yeah. When I started with my family, you know, it was more like jazz and standards and stuff like that. Now, all I wanted to do, they wanted to play "Girl from Ipanema," and all I wanted to do was play "Smoke on the Water." You know. Mm. So uh, when I was 16, I actually went out on my own uh, and uh, started my first band and hit the road. And uh, I've played in almost every kind of band you can imagine from real hardcore disco bands because I'm older and uh, it was actually popular then. <laughs> and then uh, and then a country, I played country for 10 years. I play fiddle too. I play a bunch of instruments. And um, that's when I started writing and recording was when I was doing country. And then uh, finally got an opportunity to go back to regular good old classic rock and roll and uh, been doing that ever since. And uh, so, so I've been on the road with pretty much any kind of band you can imagine, you know, rock bands, country bands, original bands, lounge bands, uh, concert, you know, big concert groups, uh, um, uh, tribute bands, all that stuff. And then in the last 13 years ago, 13 years ago, I switched from playing music for adults, grownups, to doing music for kids and families. My son was five years old and he took me to uh, show and tell. And I was his show and tell for the day. And That's then, adorable. Isn't it funny? And then, and I knew no no children's songs. I mean, I went in there and I played like you know songs by like Kiss and Bob Seger. <laughs> and you know. and uh, the kids liked it so much that the teacher said, "You know, you could do this for a living." And I said, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah." So I basically uh, went into a library and I said, "Hey, you know, I want to be a kid singer. How do you do that?" Uh, you know, do you know anybody that does it? So I kind of went around and saw what the other people were doing. And it was all like uh, folk music. It was all these guys dressed in like, you know, uh, Hawaiian shirts with like shorts and like earth shoes, you know, beards singing about, you know, wheels on the bus and stuff. And that's not me. So I figured maybe there's a niche for me there. So I decided to take my classic rock and roll and electric music to kids music. And uh, I wrote a bunch of songs. My first CD was released in 2001. And from six months from the time that I went into the uh, classroom, uh, I was playing full time and selling CDs and uh, never looked back. And then I sold my marketing business and uh, uh, been doing the kids music ever since. And then 13 years of doing it now, I've released 28 albums, 28 CDs. Wow. Yeah. 12 of them in one year. What? In yeah. In 2012, I took a challenge. I was inspired by Jonathan Colton, who did a song a week yes. for a year. Yeah. And I figured I could do something like that. So I uh, decided that I would do 12 CDs in 12 months with 12 songs each in 2012. And I did. And uh, it was the funny thing was that those songs, those albums were actually uh, my biggest sellers, my biggest hits. I mean, I actually charted some stuff. I got best uh, best sellers on CD Baby. I got like an iTunes song, a hit song. And it was all from that period of time where I did the 12 uh, albums in 12 months. It's, I, I was worried that I would write myself out and I would start sucking. But apparently I got better as I went along and the, it just worked out really well. It's funny. Yeah, what do you attribute that to? Do you think that that is because you were just constantly out there? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest problems that bands and musicians and songwriters have is that they just don't do it all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, you ever see the movie called Throw Mama from the Train? 
No. No. Okay. So watch. It's really good. It's Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito. Oh, you sold me. Okay. It's, it's a great movie. That. And uh, uh, without telling you too much about it, there's, Billy Crystal plays a writer. And he's a writer that's trying to write this novel. He's been working on it for 10 years. And, like, nothing comes out. So he teaches writing, okay? And his, the thing he always says in the movie to his students is, remember, writers write always. So I think if you're going to be a songwriter, you need to write all the time. And if you're going to be a performer, you need to perform all the time. If you're going to be a recording artist, you need to record all the time. And I found that the more material you have out there, the greater the opportunity there is to sell your material. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. If McDonald's only had one hamburger, who would they be? One store. Nothing. Mm-hmm. But they have billions of stores. They've sold billions, trillions of hamburgers. They're number one, you know? So during the period of time when I was releasing material like a madman, I had my greatest success. I've kind of backed off of it. I haven't recorded a new CD in about a year. And actually, all my sales are kind of way down. So it's probably time for me to start uh, releasing some new music. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I've always lived kind of by the idea of quality over quantity, like less is more. But in today's kind of fat, you mentioned McDonald's, I, I call it fast food society where people constantly want something. You know, I think you need to be innovative in how to keep people's attention, right? Um, whether you release, um, you know, a record a month for a whole year, which is crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, it, it, you know? it sort of almost kind of killed me, but that's another yeah, story. But, yeah, but you know, or, or you just keep kind of con- uh, content coming. But I, I think that I think people need to think outside the box, which is why we have you on the show here. To um to to uh to help shed some light on that, I'm so Share far out wisdom. of the box, man. You know you can't even find the box when I'm in the <laughs> man. <laughs> what box? <laughs> exactly. You know, but that's that's the thing, though. You know, it's like you constantly have to kind of find new things to do and always be out there. I mean, you don't have to do a song a week or an album a month, but you know, uh, I, I don't. First of all, let's let, let's get real. There's no such thing as perfection. All right. There's you know, what's perfection today is not perfection tomorrow. All right. So we, you don't, you don't go after perfection. What you really need to go after, and this is, this is controversial in itself, but I'm going to tell you right now, what you need to be in search of is good enough. But the trick is you're good enough has to be better than everybody else's perfection. <laughs> you see, that's, that's the trick, you know, but when it's done, it's done and you get it out. The biggest reason people fail is they're not, well, Seth Goten calls it shipping, you know, shipping products, you know, they're not ship constantly shipping new products. You know what I'm saying? And the truth of the matter is like my audience, for instance, uh, most of the people that listen to like Mr. Billy stuff, uh, they're listening to it still on CD. So I know I can still make CDs and they're listening to it in the minivan because that's where they play music for the kids to keep them occupied while they're driving. Um, but after about one or two or three months of the same CD, the parents want to kill themselves. So <laughs> they're always asking for, every, you know, I get requests all the time, Mr. Billy, please make a new CD. Please. <laughs> please make a new CD. Or like, or I get the funniest emails. You want some funny stories. I get or things or people come to the shows and say, we love you, Mr. Billy. We really love you, but we had to hide the CD. We, just had, <laughs> we had to hide it because every time we got in the car, we had to hear that stupid dinosaur song over and over and over again. You know, so so it's important that you're always giving your fans something new uh, and, and, and keeping them interested, you know, and also listening to them because you need to know what they want. Uh, not necessarily you have to just give them everything they want all the time, but be aware of of what 
what they're interested in. You know what I mean? Uh, you might find that the music you're making might not be connecting with the people that you want to reach. So maybe it's a good idea to know what they're into. Also, your audience might not buy CDs anymore. So maybe you shouldn't make CDs. Maybe you should just stream music. You know, maybe your audience doesn't go out uh, to see live concerts. Maybe you need to be doing concert window shows, you know? So I guess the secret to my success really is not being afraid to reinvent myself and find out what's next and, and explore it. And if it works for me, then jump on it and milk it for all it's worth and move on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's really about finding out what works for you. You know, because that that sounds phenomenal. I'm still on the 12 records in the <laughs> in, in, in one year thing, and you know, I think that really works for you because the fact that, like you said, kids want to listen to this every day for hours, so parents want a bunch of CDs. So that actually really works for you. I don't know if that would work for everyone. You know, I don't know. You know, it's that that's a really good question. You know, so what I'm what I'm also doing now, I've 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 actually. Uh, kind of jump ship from just doing kids music and uh, just launched a new project called big and tall and what big and tall is it's uh, me and my son i'm big he's tall <laughs> and uh and we uh, we have a two-piece thing and uh, we have we, we we do a lot of shows with uh, just acoustic guitar and a cajon you know that box they mm-hmm. drummers you know yes. and then some shows we do with like a full rig with marshall amps and everything and it sounds like a whole band, but it's actually still the two of us. We don't pre-record anything or do loops or anything. But I've got like uh, guitar synthesizers at different gizmos, so I could play like bass lines and lead parts at the same time. <laughs> and I run like the bass through a bass amp over there, and I run my guitar through my Marshalls over here, and and it's just really cool. So it's kind of a different thing, and we're recording music for that now, and we're doing shows with that uh, because what's happened with the. Ch- Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, Ross Barber and Marcia Novelli. And today we'd like to welcome Billy Grizak to the show. Billy has been a full-time musician for over 30 years and is also the host of the Mad Music Marketing Minutes and Music Marketing Monday podcasts. We're looking forward to finding out the secrets to Billy's long-term career in the music industry and getting to know more about the man himself. Hey, Billy, how's it going? It's going awesome. Cool. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I supposed? Am I supposed to say more than that? Well, actually, it's going really phenomenally well. I just had four or five gigs in three days. I uh, just did a coaching uh, call, and uh, now I'm talking to you guys. Hey, that is awesome, Billy. We like to start off all our shows right off the bat with you telling us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Everybody should know about me. One, I'm obviously devastatingly good looking. Obviously. Two, two, it's actually been more like 40 years in the business as a full-time Ooh. musician. I took a short uh, break uh, to uh, start a marketing company when I had ill health that I couldn't sing. And that marketing thing carried over into music and marketing, which is what I do today. And three, I am a ridiculously uh, avid Star Trek fan. Cool. Is that the same as Star Wars? Ooh, oh, yes. you yeah. don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm that was a joke. <laughs> Please. It was a joke. <laughs> was it really a joke? Was it? Was yes, it, it is. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you've got to look forward to for the next half hour, Billy. I'm sorry. I'm Seriously. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, oh, it's okay. So, it's been over 40 years or so. Just about, 40, just about 40 years now. Yeah. My, um, my family actually uh, has about 100 years in the music business. My uh, grandfather was a big band leader in uh, Philadelphia area. My father was a semi 
famous jazz musician. Uh, uh, played with like Dizzy Gillespie, Stan Getz. He used to do charts for Rosemary Clooney, stuff like that. Then I came along and I was like the rock guy. And then uh, my kids and my wife all play music now and my son does it full time. So that's about 100 years in the family business. Yeah. So that's a whole century. Cool. Yeah. About, yeah. You I know, can do uh, math. Yeah, it's like 100 years. It's almost a whole century. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> almost a whole century. <laughs> We're learning something new every day. Yeah. So, this so is what this show's about, teaching people how many years are in a century. Oh, I can hear the Canadian accenting you there then. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey. <laughs> What's it all about? A boot. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, but I'm originally from the East Coast of uh, the United States of America, from the uh, New Jersey area. And uh, for the last 20 or so years, I've been living in Wisconsin in the Midwest, So, uh, which is like the last refuge of classic rock and roll in uh, the United States. It's uh, pretty much all becoming kind of R&B and hip-hop oriented, but uh, we're still like, it's like the 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 the, uh, uh, the dry bread theory. It's like, you know, a piece of bread, you know, it'll get uh, uh, old and moldy and dry, and then the inside is still fresh, you know? So like, you know, all the hip-hop and rap stuff is like all out on the East Coast and stuff, and it's kind of working its way into the Midwest, but we still got uh, the classic rock thing going on here, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, though, yeah. So you, it's mostly children's music that you do now. Have you, what, have you, what were you doing previously? Was it, it was classic rock kind of stuff? Right, well, I've always before? been, well, yeah, when I started with my family, you know, it was more like jazz and standards and stuff like that. Now, all I wanted to do, they wanted to play Girl from Ipanema, and all I wanted to do was play Smoke on the Water, you know? Mm. So uh, when I was 16, I actually went out on my own uh, and uh, started my first band and hit the road. And... Uh, I've played in almost every kind of band you can imagine from real hardcore disco bands because I'm older and uh, it was actually popular then. <laughs> and then uh, and then a country. I played country for 10 years. I play fiddle too. I play a bunch of instruments. And um, that's when I started writing and recording was when I was doing country. And then uh, finally got an opportunity to go back to regular good old classic rock and roll and uh, been doing that ever since. And uh, so... So I've been on the road with pretty much any kind of band you can imagine, you know, rock bands, country bands, original bands, lounge bands, uh, concert, you know, big concert groups, uh, um, uh, tribute bands, all that stuff. And then in the last 13 years ago, 13 years ago, I switched from playing music for adults, grownups to doing music for kids and families. My son was five years old and he took me to uh, show and tell. And I was his show and tell for the day. And That's then, adorable. Isn't that funny? And then, and I knew no no children's songs. I mean, I went in there and I played like you know songs by like Kiss and Bob Seger. And, <laughs> you know. and uh, the kids liked it so much that the teacher said, "You know, you could do this for a living." And I said, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah." So I basically uh, went into a library and I said, "Hey, you know, I want to be a kid singer. How do you do that?" Uh, you know, do you know anybody that does it? So I kind of went around and saw what the other people were doing. And it was all like uh, folk music. It was all these guys dressed in like, you know, uh, Hawaiian shirts with like shorts and like earth shoes, you know, beards singing about, you know, wheels on the bus and stuff. And that's not me. So I figured maybe there's a niche for me there. So I decided to take my classic rock and roll and electric music to kids music. And uh, I wrote a bunch of songs. My first CD was released in 2001. And from six months from the time that I went into the uh, classroom, uh, I was playing full time and selling CDs and uh, never looked back. And then I sold my marketing business and uh, uh, been doing the kids music ever since. And then in 13 years 
of doing it now, I've released 28 albums, 28 CDs. Wow. Yeah, 12 of them in one year. In what? Two, yeah, in 2012, I took a challenge. I was inspired by Jonathan Colton, who did a song a week yes, for a year. Yeah. And I figured oh, I could do something like that. So I uh, decided that I would do 12 CDs in 12 months with 12 songs each in 2012. And I did. And uh, it was the funny thing was that those songs, those albums were actually uh, my biggest sellers, my biggest hits. I mean, I actually charted some stuff. I got best uh, best sellers on CD Baby. I got like an iTunes song, a hit song. And it was all from that period of time where I did the 12 uh, albums in 12 months. It's, I, I was worried that I would write myself out and I would start sucking. But apparently I got better as I went along and the, it just worked out really well. It's funny. Yeah, what do you attribute that to? Do you think that that is because you were just constantly out there? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest problems that bands and musicians and songwriters have is that they just don't do it all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, you ever see the movie called Throw Mama from the Train? No. No. Okay. So watch. It's really good. It's Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito. Oh, you sold me. Okay, it's a great movie. And uh, uh, without telling you too much about it, there's Billy Crystal plays a writer. And he's a writer that's trying to write this novel. He's been working on it for 10 years, and, like, nothing comes out. So he teaches writing, okay? And his, the thing he always says in the movie to his students is, remember, writers write always. So I think if you're going to be a songwriter, you need to write all the time. And if you're going to be a performer, you need to perform all the time. If you're going to be a recording artist, you need to record all the time. And I found that the more material you have out there, the greater the opportunity there is to sell your material. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. If McDonald's only had one hamburger, who would they be? One store. Nothing. Mm -hmm. But they have billions of stores. They sold billions, trillions of hamburgers. They're number one, you know? So during the period of time when I was releasing material like a madman, I had my greatest success. I've kind of backed off of it. I haven't recorded a new CD in about a year. And actually, all my sales are kind of way down. So it's probably time for me to start uh, releasing some new music. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I've always lived kind of by the idea of quality over quantity, like less is more. But in today's kind of fat, you mentioned McDonald's, I, I call it fast food society where people constantly want something. You know, I think you need to be innovative in how to keep people's attention, right? Um, whether you release, um, you know, a record a month for a whole year, which is crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, it, it, you know? it sort of almost kind of killed me, but that's another yeah, story. But, yeah, but you know, or or you just keep kind of con uh, content coming. But I, I think that I think people need to think outside the box, which is why we have you on the show here to um, to to uh, to help shed some light on that. I'm so sure far out of the done. box, man. You know, you can't even find the box when I'm in the room, man. <laughs> what box? <laughs> exactly. You know, but that's, that's the thing, though. You know, it's like you constantly have to kind of find new things to do and always be out there. I mean, you don't have to do a song a week or an album a month, but, you know, uh, I, I don't – first of all, let's, let, let's get real. There's no such thing as perfection, all right? There's – you know, what's perfection today is not perfection tomorrow. All right. So we, you don't, you don't go after perfection. What you really need to go after, and this is, this is controversial in itself, but I'm going to tell you right now, what you need to be in search of is good enough. But the trick is you're good enough has to be better than everybody else's perfection. <laughs> you see, that's, that's the trick, you know, but when it's done, it's done and you get it out. The biggest reason people fail is they're not, well, Seth Goten calls it shipping, you know, shipping products, you know, they're not ship constantly shipping new products. 
You know what I'm saying? And the truth of the matter is, like, my audience, for instance, uh, most of the people that listen to, like, Mr. Billy stuff, uh, they're listening to it still on CD, so I know I can still make CDs, and they're listening to it in the minivan because that's where they play music for the kids to keep them occupied while they're driving. Um, but after about one or two or three months of the same CD, the parents want to kill themselves. So... <laughs> They're always asking for, every, you know, I get requests all the time, Mr. Billy, please make a new CD. Please. <laughs> please make a new CD. Or like, or I get the funniest emails. You want some funny stories I get or things or people come to the shows and say, we love you, Mr. Billy. We really love you, but we had to hide the CD. We, just had, <laughs> we had to hide it because every time we got in the car, we had to hear that stupid dinosaur song over and over and over again. You know, so, so it's important that you're always giving your fans something new. Uh, and, and, and keeping them interested, you know, and also listening to them because you need to know what they want. Uh, not necessarily you have to just give them everything they want all the time, but be aware of, of what, what they're interested in. You know what I mean? Uh, you might find that the music you're making might not be connecting with the people that you want to reach. So maybe it's a good idea to know what they're into. Also, your audience might not buy CDs anymore, so maybe you shouldn't make CDs. Maybe you should just stream music. You know, maybe your audience doesn't go out uh, to see live concerts. Maybe you need to be doing concert window shows, you know. So I guess the secret to my success really is not being afraid to reinvent myself and find out what's next and, and explore it. And if it works for me, then jump on it and milk it for all it's worth and move on to the next thing, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's really about finding out what works for you. You know, because that that sounds phenomenal. I'm still on the 12 records in the <laughs> in, in, in one year thing, and you know, I think that really works for you because the fact that, like you said, kids want to listen to this every day for hours, so parents want a bunch of CDs. So that actually really works for you. I don't know if that would work for everyone. You know, I don't know. You know, it's that that's a really good question. You know, so what I'm what I'm also doing now, I've 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 actually. Uh, kind of jump ship from just doing kids music and uh, just launched a new project called big and tall and what big and tall is it's uh, me and my son i'm big he's tall <laughs> and uh and we uh we have a two-piece thing and uh, we have we, we we do a lot of shows with uh, just acoustic guitar and a cajon you know that box they mm -hmm. drummers beat on yes. and then some shows we do with like a full rig with marshall amps and everything and it sounds like a whole band, but it's actually still the two of us. We don't pre-record anything or do loops or anything. But I've got like uh, guitar synthesizers at different gizmos, so I could play like bass lines and lead parts at the same time. <laughs> and I run like the bass through a bass amp over there, and I run my guitar through my Marshalls over here, and and it's just really cool. So it's kind of a different thing, and we're recording music for that now, and we're doing shows with that. Uh, because what's happened with the children's music scene, at least where I live, it's become seasonal. For the first mm. dec for the first decade, we could play uh, fairs, festivals, and libraries in the summer, and then do schools uh, during the winter. But the schools have totally dropped their budget, so uh, we lost about like sixty, seventy percent of our income in the last couple of years. Uh, so we had to kind of reinvent ourselves to, uh, you know, keep keep the the thing going. Plus, as you know, I'm also the music marketing mind. Oh, segue. <laughs> segue. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's almost like you're in our heads. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we want to talk to you about your podcasts. Because um, sure. obviously you do the Mad Music Marketing Minutes, which is the first pod podcast I was ever on. So thank you for oh. introducing me to the world of podcasting. And look oh, at wow. you now. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
Um, so that was the first one I was on, but you've also got um, the Music Marketing Monday podcast with Bob Baker. With the godfather of music marketing, Bob Baker. Yeah, my hero. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool to like actually meet one of your idols and, and hit it off and become friends. I wish I could do that with everybody. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, are you out there? Mr. Van Halen, are you out there? <laughs> Let's be we're, we're gonna, Is he on Twitter? Because we'll, we will tweet him a link to this episode. <laughs> yeah, it, you, know, you know, you never actually, know. He might, we actually he might will. <laughs> He's not kidding. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I do that all the time. That's that's exactly. I'm, I'm fearless when it comes to tweeting or calling or emailing anybody. I what mean, do you I'll have just to lose nothing. The, what's the worst? You know, the worst thing. The, the worst thing will happen is they'll ignore you. Yeah. The best thing that'll happen is they'll say no, which means they actually thought about it. Think about that. And, they know you and the greatest. Th- yeah, and the greatest <laughs> thing is, boom. The next thing you're doing a podcast with them, you know, and that's that's really great. Yeah, Bob is great. This that that uh, that show is absolutely amazing. It's like. Uh, uh, let me tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. When I, when I started doing Mad Music Marketing Minutes, the, originally the show was just a 60 to like one minute to three minute show of me literally ranting and raving. The idea was kind of like that Mad Money show. Do you guys get that over there? There's this guy that's on TV and he's in America and he's always like, this is what you need to do with your money. And oh, he's I like, know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. And he's always got his sleeves rolled up and he's <laughs> like, Argh! When, and so the, the, the original, the original Mad Music Marketing Minutes, literally, this is this. Uh, I'll give you a quick example of the show. It was like this. It was like, you're listening to the Mad Music Marketing Minutes with the music marketing by Billy Grazak. Ah, I'm so mad at you guys that are out there and you're not booking gigs. Pick up the telephone. I said it. I said the telephone. You know what? People are tired of emails. People are tired of Twitter. They're tired of Facebook. But you know what? They get a phone call. They have to answer the damn thing. So pick up that phone today and use the phone and get a gig because I'm really mad at all you lazy-ass musicians out there. Now go do it. Ah! And that was like the whole show. And then Ross, we've been doing this all wrong. We totally have. Let's scrap this and just. Uh, and that that was season one, and I, it was a daily show, and I did like I don't know two or th- two or three hundred of those. And then um, the season two, which is when when you were on, was when I decided to turn it into more of a. Hey, uh, this is uh, Ross, and he's with Electric Kiwi. And why don't you tell us about your business on the Mad Music Marketing Minutes? You know, and that was what we did there. And now season three is going to kick off, and it's changed yet again. And uh, what I'm actually doing is I'm uh, trying to take a little advantage of a hole in the universe because I'm a big fan of Brian Thompson. You know Brian Thompson, yes. right? The D- yeah, DIY right. Daily. Okay, DIY Daily and uh, all that. Now he's off of his Zen thinking thing, so he's actually stopped doing the the daily music marketing uh, podcast. You know DIY Daily. Uh, so I'm actually hoping that. Uh, here in about a couple of weeks, the uh, Mad Music Marketing Minute is going to relaunch with a similar format where I'm basically going to find uh, products, blogs, or information and talk about them, comment on them, and that'll be that show. Uh, so we have Music Marketing Monday with Bob Baker, which is every Monday we pick a topic, usually by our listeners. And uh, we riff on that with no script and no idea. Usually, it's so funny. At 9 in the morning, I'll get an email from Bob. Yo, Billy, what's our topic today? Very very typical thing I'll answer. I have no freaking idea. And then and he says, are we on for 11? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, and then at 11, then 11 o'clock, we get on the phone. What are we talking about? Well, a whole bunch of people uh, said we should talk about busking. Okay, we'll talk about busking. And then we just go for 30, 40 minutes. It's just crazy. But between him and me, we probably have about almost 100 years of experience anyway. So it's kind of cool, you know. And then, uh, then the new show... 
uh, I'm as well tell you about the new show that's launching yes. here any day. Is called. You ready for this? It's called Making Money, Making Music. And I am so excited about this show. It's the best show ever because um, I believe there's a lie that uh, musicians are buying into and we have to fix this. And you guys need to fix this. I'm going to give you some responsibility. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. So I'm going to give you the power, guys, here. People are telling me, musicians are telling other musicians you cannot make money with music. And it's, that's a big lie. I've been doing it for 40 years and I am not the thinnest best looking hairiest greatest singer ah, guy you'll ever meet <laughs> but i've been doing it for 40 years and if i can do it good looking guys like you can do it okay the thing is people have been brainwashed that you can't sell music you can't book gigs you can't make a living and that's a bunch of bull you certainly can so what i've been doing for the last uh, six months i've been finding people that are out there making a living playing not people with record deals, not people with Grammy Awards, you know, not people with uh, born into the, you know, uh, you know, that were born in Apple Studios, Paul yeah. McCartney's grandkids, whatever. <laughs> it's just people that are out there making a living playing music. And I have in already interviewed like 20 or 30 people right off the bat. And. They're doing it. They're making a living at all different levels, but they're paying their bills. They're uh, sending their kids to college. They're, you know, doing whatever it is they do, and they're doing it with their musical talent. And uh, so the premise of the show is I find either a, um, a musician or sometimes an industry person that works with musicians, uh, and we talk about how it happens. How do you go out and make music? Can you make music? What kind, and most importantly, like, how do you book bands? Like, I actually get them and I say, tell me specifically, how do you get your gigs? Are you picking up the phone? Are you doing emails? Tell us. And we close each show with you. Ready? For, you're going to love this one. The Music Career Catastrophe Challenge. Would you like to hear about it? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. The Music Career Catastrophe Challenge. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, I'll try to do it. Okay. The Music Career Catastrophe Challenge. Imagine your band has broken up. Your record label has dropped you. Your agent has quit the business. The music store where you're giving lessons has decided not to give lessons anymore. Uh, all your email and social media accounts have been hacked and have been deleted, and you've been forced oh. to move. Oh, my God, panic attack. This sounds like the end of the world. I know. <laughs> and you've been forced to move to an area where no one has ever heard of you before. Now, the good news, you still have all your talent and all your equipment, and you have enough money to get you through the end of the end of the month and transportation, what do you do in the next four weeks? Oh, Marcio, go! My what? God, hey, Marcio, what would you do? Oh, well, oh me? my God! <laughs> no, I want to find out what Marcio dude, would do. Dude, dude, I, I asked the questions, but okay, fine. <laughs> so, what do I do? All right, so I'm living in a new area, and uh, I have my gear, and I have money for a month. Okay, the first thing that I would do immediately is I would. Um, Find a place where I can get free internet because I have my equipment so I can take my laptop to the library or whatever. And I would establish a new email address through uh, Gmail. I'd set up a Gmail calendar and I would uh, probably set up some type of uh, Facebook account or something for a project. And I would probably do two projects. I would probably start up some type of consulting thing, whether it's for music or other, because I could go both ways. I used to do just regular business consulting. And I would set up a band thing. And then I would uh, find a way to uh, print out some cheap business cards with this little bit of money I have, maybe use or maybe use like free business cards from Vistaprint or something like that. And then uh, I would go and I would start walking into 
every place I can that would conceivably consider having music. And that doesn't just mean music venues. This means pizza parlors, coffee shops, libraries, um, clothing stores, Harley Davidson places, anybody where they would just kind of let me come in and play for tips or for free or just ask them for a paying job. And I would start rebuilding my career in that fashion. And the most important thing is I would go to open mics. Uh, as many as I could to start networking with all the musicians in the area that I have not met yet, both to find musicians to play with and to offer them my services as an expert in the music marketing industry. I would think about after four weeks of doing that, I would have enough money to survive, and I would probably six to 12 months from then be right where I am now. Ta-da! Wow. <laughs> well, on to my next question, Billy. This is, this, no, no, this is... And by the way, by the way, nobody's ever asked me to answer my own questions, so that was really See, awesome. Guys. we went on, flipped right it. We flipped the game. That's what we did. Well, it, it's amazing you said that, because I wanted you to uh, offer some advice to aspiring musicians who are just starting out and they want to be able to make a living off their music like you do, and um, or anyone who is interested in getting into podcasting. All right. All right. First off, uh, if you're an aspiring musician and you want to play music for a living, uh, like it or well, there's two there's two kinds of musicians and neither one is bad. OK, because the first one's going to sound like I'm being kind of saying this is bad, but it's not. All right. There's what I call um, selfish musicians. And then there's musicians that are I, I haven't come up with a word for them yet, but the ones that are have a better opportunity at making money. And what I mean by that is if you feel like you have to go down a certain road and play stuff that only you like, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. If there's no market for what you do, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but don't bitch or complain if nobody's going to hire you. All right. Then there's the people that are going to look at and figure out who do I want to play for? Do I want to play for an audience comprised mostly of girls? This is important. Do I want to play for guys? Do I want to play hard rock? Do I want to play reggae? You know, what do I want to do? And then you need to find that group. So if you're what I call like more of the selfish is probably a bad word, but if you're more of a internal musician, I guess you're going to have to create a crowd uh, and a following that's going to be willing to come to your shows and buy your music because it doesn't exist or it's going to be harder to find or you could tap in to uh, an audience that already exists that's predisposed to like your music. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Um, I used to think, you know, back when I, several years ago, when I first started doing the music marketing thing, the first question I would ask people to really dig into was before you start uh, this, uh, go down this road, you need to find out whether or not you suck. <laughs> and I've changed, I've changed my opinion on this and I'll explain because one of, one of the things I thought was really bad about almost all music marketing gurus and books and, 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 and courses and everything is they all work under the assumption that you are worth listening to. You know what I'm saying? True, like true. if you go to like CD Baby or TuneCore, whatever, it says your music deserves to be heard. <laughs> no <Really? always. laughs> let me let, let me let, let me play my new song for you. You know what I mean? Whatever. Even great songwriters write bad songs. So. I know, but but I've recently changed my opinion on this, and I'll tell you why. Um, I believe you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com You could actually be pretty bad, but if you have conviction and passion and you're willing to find other people that really dig your really badness, you could be successful. I mean, now... This is no way am I saying, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I probably will. But I just have two words for you, Bob Dylan. Okay. I'm so now, glad you said that, Billy. I was, that was on the tip of my tongue and I'm like, <laughs> should I? I don't know if I should, but I didn't. You did. I did. You know, <laughs> so you I, didn't have to. I, I didn't I, say I, anything. <laughs> I could take the heat for you, you know? And I mean, Bob might be one of the greatest songwriters in the world, but I have no idea. I can't understand a word he says, you know? He, we even have a song, our, a my, new band, my new band, uh, uh, Big and Tall, we have a song that we do. It's our, like our most popular song, original. It's called Sing Along with Bob. And it goes like, sing along with Bob, sing along with Bob. Everybody knows the words. Sing along with Bob, sing along with Bob. Bob loves singing. That's his job. They go, here we go, here we go, here we go. And the chorus comes and they go, that is that is that is that. And like, and then at one point I say, okay, now everybody in the audience echo me. And I go, and then the audience goes, it's hilarious. So, uh, my point being, and some of the punk bands, I mean, you know, you go back to sex yeah. and stuff, were those guys talented? Oh, it's not about, yeah, it wasn't about talent. Exactly. They tapped into something else or even um, Naked Raygun or any bands like that. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't, exactly. You know. So the point I'm trying to say, so that whole concept of do you suck, it was a cool idea and it makes sense. Uh, but really what it what really boils down to is you got to know who your target is. And I call that... Uh, <clears throat> Knowing, you know, I, I call it having a success symbol. Uh, in fact, I'm getting ready to launch my first music marketing product, and it's called the Success Symbol System. S and it's really about uh, no matter what you do, no matter how good or bad you are, once you know exactly who's going to be listening to it, you can figure out a marketing plan based on that. You mm -hmm. know, so I think I've kind of uh, digressed a little bit off the original question. Oh, no, that's but, great. Uh, no, I just want to know that. Uh, but, but, but yeah, but my main thing is, again, find, find whoever it is that's going to dig what you're doing. Do you find and, that that applies to podcasts as well? Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, and podcasts. Oh, by the way, if you want to get into podcasting, there's the simplest way. I don't know what you guys are doing, but like, if somebody wants to dabble. I don't know what it, we're doing either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like the, it, how, let me tell you how I got into podcasting, okay? For stars. I'm a huge fan of uh, the old uh, CD Baby DIY Musicians podcast. Yeah, I love mm -hmm. that too. I listened to the very first episode, and I was kind of like an informal like participant in it. I don't know if you ever heard. Remember, you know Bolton the Bolt? Yeah, Chris, did you ever, Chris Bolt. Did you ever hear the episode where he gets a theme song? No, it's called I, Bolton. I, I, go, go back and listen to Bolton gets a theme song, okay? And that was me. And what I did was, no this way. is one of the ways I reach out to people. I, I was a real devout follower of the show. So one day they were saying about the bolt, the bolt. So I sat down, I wrote and I recorded this song on my iPad or my laptop. I can't remember. And I just sent it to them. I said, here, Bolt's got a theme song. And they made a whole episode about it. No and way. It was, yeah. You <laughs> That's know? awesome. 
So, but how I got into podcasting was I got this, uh, I had my iPhone and I got an app called Spreaker. And remember I told you the first show, Matt, Music Marketing Miss was just me ranting and raving. So what I would do is I, you know, pick up my phone, I press record and I go, Matt, Music Marketing Minutes. <laughs> and then I hit, then I hit send and it would go up and that was it. Boom. And that's how I did my first podcast. I didn't have any of this stuff. And I, I just did the whole thing on my iPhone, you know? So simple and is better. Sometimes I think so. Just keep it simple. Well, I think to get started, you know, I think, and, and I think you just it's, have to do it. I mean, you guys are like so far ahead of the curve. I mean, this, you guys are uh, in, te- in technology and presentation and, and demeanor and everything. You guys look like and sound like you've been doing this for a long time, but it's not well, necessary. No, really. And it, it's not necessary to, to be that involved to get started. You know what I mean? And the same thing goes for music too, by the way, you know, um, don't think you need to have the latest equipment. Don't think you need to do what everybody else says. Just do what feels right to you. Do what you can afford and find the people that dig what you're doing and then just keep improving as you go along. Well, you know, Robert Smith said, um, I might not be the, the best musician technically, but at least I don't sound like anyone else. So I think that applies to everything. Have your own voice, right? Um, whether as a musician or um, as a podcast or anyone that's putting something out there. I think I think that's kind of what you're saying too. Yeah, and and with my with my shows, you know, I, like I'm not going to do video uh, podcasting, and I'll tell you why. For me, I'm kind of on a mission to make sure that uh, people. I, I here I don't like wasting time. I don't like downtime. Like when I made twelve CDs, right? Whatever. I fill my days up. I fill all the little spaces up with. Um, something productive you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you know when i record those 12 cds you know a lot of that pre-production and even some of the final recordings were done like in my car and in fact the last cd i did half of the cd was recorded in a moving car while i was a passenger in the <laughs> that's awesome yeah you know what i mean so i was taking advantage of time that's wasted right mm-hmm. so that's why i like audio podcasts like i try to encourage the the, the singer songwriter the band to listen to my show while they're driving to the gig Mm-hmm. Because what are you going to do on the way to the gig? You know what I mean? Or the way back from the gig when you're running, when you're setting up. I mean, if you got the bar to yourself, plop my podcast on and let the speaker go while you're setting up. I mean, why not? You know, it's a little harder to watch a video uh, like that. So it's really nice that you guys are doing an audio version too. Yeah, that, I was going to say that's yeah. that's kind of we want to be able to do the same thing where someone can listen to us on the go. Um, you know, but I think that the reason why we went video, I felt like it allowed us to tap into more than one market. You know what I mean? And because this, uh, some guests we have, uh, I feel like their fans would be more interested in seeing them. You know what I mean? Like, especially if it's an actor or musician. Um, so that's kind of like, we, we kind of just said, screw it. It's going to be more work, but let's, let's hit the best of both worlds. Well, you're such you know? good looking guys too. I mean, I, I mean like, <laughs> all right. Okay. Now, I have a face for, for, for audio, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But Billy, uh-huh. are you ready for 20 questions? Oh, is it time already? It's time for 20 questions. I'm ready, man. Who's- Ross, you want to start out? Want me to start out? Um, I'll start. Okay. okay. Go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Meat. CD or vinyl? Streaming. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Wisconsin or Wyoming? Ooh. Florida. I'll say this like Ross would say it. Twitter or Facebook? Don't say it like that. <laughs> Twitter. The Walking Dead or American Horror Story? Walking Dead. Okay. <laughs> Star, Trek <laughs> Star-, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. 
Indie or major? Indie. Guitar or vocals? Guitar. Spock or Kirk? Spock. Mac or PC? Mac. Leonard or Sheldon? Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is where I lose time here, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, Leonard. You think that's tough? Breaking Bad or Homeland? Oh, Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't tough. <laughs> it wasn't tough. No, not at all. Lincoln Park or Led Zeppelin? Lincoln Park. They're a great band. I just saw them live for the first time last month. Oh, so good. Twerk or work? Work. <laughs> Come on. I think, you have, I think you have a hidden talent for twerking. No. <laughs> Never mind. Ricky, Gerv- <laughs> Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? What was the last thing you said? Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Mm, Ricky Martin. Whale or kale? Whale. Bette Midler or the Riddler? Ooh, Riddler. And before I say the last one, I want to point out, I think he's the first person who said Ricky Martin. <laughs> I think so. Actually. Okay, the last question. Live la drum roll, drum roll. Ross or Marcio? Gosh. This is, this is awkward. <laughs> Unfair as well. <laughs> Where are you? Well, I've known Ross longer, but you have such a cool hat and glasses. <laughs> I can get a hat and glasses if it's going to no, change. No, you, you know, can't, Ross. Thing. You can't. I can. You know, it's I've not just the hat and glasses, Ross. It's how you wear them, okay? You know it's what? Just... You know what? No, just, so, I'm sorry, but based on the amount of uh, retweets <laughs> and, and follows and, 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 and just like going out there and, and helping uh, push the gospel of the music marketing mind, I have to go for Ross. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I would be shocked if you didn't pick Ross. We so, love Ross. So, oh, we, all we all love Ross. Ross. But we, we love you love too, Ross. man. You're like, we just don't know you that well yet. Well, Give us a chance. I don't blame you, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know what? It's, it's really about Ross. I mean, who am I? I mean, yeah. Who is this guy? He's just. I'm so just, upset. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what are you listening to now, nowadays, Billy? What's on, your, uh, what's on your, your playlist? Oh, my gosh. You know, my son and I, we listen to music together because like, we're together all the time because he's my drummer, you know? Mm. And we mostly have been listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire lately. Okay. Which is crazy, but that's mm. just like, or anything, Stevie Wonder, anything kind of black 70s, 80s R&B stuff is what we primarily been listening to. Very I don't cool. know how we got on that, that kick, but that's like the main thing we listen to right now. Um, Indie-wise, there's a band called Ludo. Ever heard of Ludo? No. No. Uh, should listen to them they're awesome cool and where can people find you online billy well if you want to uh talk about or see uh music marketing kind of stuff you can find me at musicmarketingmind.com we also have a free facebook group music marketing mind you can join that um if you're interested in finding out what i do uh my full-time job working with kids and uh, families that's mrbilly.com m-i-s T-E-R-B-I-L-L-Y.com, MrBilly.com. And if you're interested in checking out what I do with my new band, Big and Tall, and want to see a really funny, actually, I want to get a lot of comments on this, a really funny, super low-budget uh, promo video, go to BigandTallBand.com. You can also find me on Twitter, at MusicMarketMind. Awesome. Billy, this has been great, man. I know I've, I've... Way too fast. It, it, you know what? I know. I feel like we need to have you back kind of soon. 
Okay. I exactly. Think, uh, I think yeah. you should come back in uh, when your new podcast launches. Yeah, sounds and, uh, great. You can, once you've done, once you've re- released a few of those, we can uh, talk about how that's going. Because I'm really interested in listening to that one. Really, really interested. Yeah, it's the the, it, the the interviews I'm getting are just like really mind blowing. You know, the one thing I do want to say before I go, and yeah, I, this, was the, this was the point I was going to make earlier, and I I forgot. You know, the, one of the main reasons I got into the podcasting thing, honestly, was because I wanted to keep myself on track. And I wanted to learn things, and uh, I actually use my podcast shows as kind of accountability engines hmm. because um, if I'm going out there and telling people they should do this, that, and the other thing, a lot of times after a show, if Bob will go, oh, crap, I better fix my website today. You know, <laughs> I just told them that they should have this link. Ah! <laughs> and, then, and then on the, uh, the Making Money Making Music show, I've already, ha- I've already gotten about five or six ideas to, like, get better gigs and make more money myself. So oh, I'm, I'm totally excited about this. So, uh, yeah, and I want to be everybody's friend. So, uh, you know, <gasps> check me out, uh, like my stuff, whatever. And uh, if there's anything I can do for you two guys, all you got to do is let me know. Awesome. We will thanks, definitely thanks. be taking you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> my hey, pleasure. Thanks so much, man. Seriously, come back very soon. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Okay, guys. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. I'm fearless when it comes to tweeting or calling or emailing anybody. I mean, I'll just lose. Nothing. The, what's the worst? You know, the worst thing. The, the worst thing will happen is they'll ignore you. Yeah. The best thing that'll happen is they'll say no, which means they actually thought about it. Think about that. And, they know and the greatest, th- yeah. And the greatest thing is, boom! The next thing you're doing a podcast with them, you know, and that's that's really great. Yeah, Bob is great. This that that uh, that show is absolutely amazing. It's like, uh, I, I, let me tell you. I'll tell you a funny story. When I, when I started doing music marketing minutes, the, originally the show was just a sixty to like one minute to three minute show of me literally ranting and raving. The idea was kind of like that mad money show. Do you guys get that over there? There's this guy that's on TV and he's in America. And he's always like, this is what you need to do with your money. And oh, he's I like, know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. And he's always got his sleeves rolled up and he's <laughs> like, when, and so the, the, the original, the original mad music marketing, but it's literally, this is this, uh, I'll give you a quick example of the show. It was like this. It was like, you're listening to the Mad Music Marketing Minutes with the music marketing by Billy Grazak. Ah! I'm so mad at you guys that are out there and you're not booking gigs. Pick up the telephone. I said it. I said the telephone. You know what? People are tired of emails. People are tired of Twitter. They're tired of Facebook. But you know what? They get a phone call. They have to answer the damn thing. So pick up that phone today and use the phone and get a gig because I'm really mad at all you lazy-ass musicians out there. No, go do it. Ah! And that was like the whole show. And then Ross, we've been doing this all wrong. We totally have. Let's scrap this and just. Uh, and that that was season one, and I, it was a daily show, and I did like I don't know two or th- two or three hundred of those. And then um, the season two, which is when when you were on, was when I decided to turn it into more of a. Hey, uh, this is uh, Ross, and he's with Electric Kiwi. And why don't you tell us about your business on the Mad Music Marketing Minutes? You know, and that was what we did there. 
And now season three is going to kick off and it's changed yet again. And uh, what I'm actually doing is I'm uh, trying to take a little advantage of a hole in the universe because I'm a big fan of Brian Thompson. You know, Brian Thompson, yes. right? The D- yeah, DIY right. Daily. Okay. DIY Daily and uh, all that. Now he's off of his Zen thinking thing. So he's actually stopped doing the, the daily music marketing uh, podcast, you know, DIY Daily. Uh, so I'm actually hoping that uh, here in about a couple of weeks, the uh, Mad Music Marketing Minute is going to relaunch with a similar format where I'm basically going to find uh, products, blogs, or information and talk about them, comment on them, and that'll be that show. Uh, so we have Music Marketing Monday with Bob Baker, which is every Monday we pick a topic, usually by our listeners. And uh, we riff on that with no script and no idea. Usually, it's so funny. At 9 in the morning, I'll get an email from Bob. Yo, Billy, what's our topic today? Very very typical thing I'll answer. I have no freaking idea. And then and it says, are we on for 11? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, and then at 11, then 11 o'clock, we get on the phone. What are we talking about? Well, a whole bunch of people uh, said we should talk about busking. Okay, we'll talk about busking. And then we just go for 30, 40 minutes. It's just crazy. But between him and me, we probably have about almost 100 years of experience anyway. So it's kind of cool, you know. And then, uh, then the new show, uh, I might as well tell you about the new show that's yes. launching here any day. Is called, you ready for this? It's called Making Money, Making Music. And I am so excited about this show. It's the best show ever because um, I believe there's a lie that uh, musicians are buying into and we have to fix this. And you guys need to fix this. I'm going to give you some responsibility. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. So I'm going to give you the power, guys, here. People are telling me, musicians are telling other musicians you cannot make money with music. And it's, that's a big lie. I've been doing it for 40 years and I am not the thinnest, best looking, hairiest, greatest singer ah, guy you'll ever meet. <laughs> but I've been doing it for 40 years. And if I can do it, good looking guys like you can do it. Okay. The thing is, people have been brainwashed that you can't sell music. You can't book gigs. You can't make a living. And that's a bunch of bull. You certainly can. So what I've been doing for the last uh, six months, I've been finding people that are out there making a living playing, not people with record deals, not people with Grammy Awards, you know, not people with uh, born into the, you know, uh, you know, that were born in Apple Studios, Paul McCartney's grandkids, whatever. (laughs) It's just people that are out there making a living playing music. And I have already interviewed like 20 or 30 people right off the bat and they're doing it. They're making a living at all different levels, but they're paying their bills. They're uh, sending their kids to college. They're, you know, doing whatever it is they do and they're doing it with their musical talent. And uh, so the premise of the show is I find either a, um, a musician or sometimes an industry person that works with musicians. uh, And we talk about how it happens. How do you go out and make music? Can you make music? And most importantly, like, how do you book bands? Like, I actually get them and I say, tell me specifically, how do you get your gigs? Are you picking up the phone? Are you doing emails? Tell us. And we close each show with you. Ready? You're going to love this one. The Music Career Catastrophe Challenge. Would you like to hear about it? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. The Music Career Catastrophe Challenge. I I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, I'll try to do it. Okay. The Music Career Catastrophe Challenge. Imagine your band has broken up. Your record label has dropped you. Your agent has quit the business. The music store where you're giving lessons has decided not to give lessons anymore. Uh, all your email and social media accounts have been hacked and have been deleted, and you've been forced oh. to move. Oh, my God, panic attack. It sounds like the end of the world. I know. 
and, and you've been forced to move to an area where no one has ever heard of you before. Now, the good news, you still have all your talent and all your equipment, and you have enough money to get you through the end of the, no- end of the month and transportation. What do you do in the next four weeks? Oh, Marcio, go. My what? God. Oh, what would you do? Oh, what, oh my God. <laughs> no, I want to find out what Marcio dude, would do. Dude, dude I, I asked the questions, but okay, fine. <laughs> so what do I do? All right, so I'm living in a new area. And uh, I have my gear and I have money for a month. Okay, the first thing that I would do immediately is I would um, find a place where I can get free internet because I have my equipment so I can take my laptop to the library or whatever. And I would establish a new email address through uh, Gmail. I'd set up a Gmail calendar and I would uh, probably set up some type of uh, Facebook account or something for a project. And I would probably do two projects. I would probably start up some type of consulting thing, whether it's for music or other, because I could go both ways. I used to do just regular business consulting. And I would set up a band thing. And then I would uh, find a way to... Uh, print out some cheap business cards with this little bit of money I have, maybe use or maybe use like free business cards from Vistaprint or something like that. And then uh, I would go and I would start walking into every place I can that would conceivably consider having music. And that doesn't just mean music venues. This means pizza parlors, coffee shops, libraries, um, clothing stores, Harley Davidson places, anybody where they would just kind of let me come in and play for tips or for free or just ask them for a paying job. And I would start rebuilding my career in that fashion. And the most important thing is I would go to open mics uh, as many as I could to start networking with all the musicians in the area that I have not met yet, both to find musicians to play with and to offer them my services as an expert in the music marketing industry. I would think about after four weeks of doing that, I would have enough money to survive, and I would probably six to 12 months from then be right where I am now. Ta-da! Wow. <laughs> well, on to my next question, Billy. This is, this, no, no, this is... And by the way, by the way, nobody's ever asked me to answer my own questions, so that was really See, awesome. We went on, flipped right it. We flipped the game. That's what we did. Well, it, it's amazing you said that because I wanted you to uh, offer some advice to aspiring musicians who are just starting out and they want to be able to make a living off their music like you do and um, or anyone who is interested in getting into podcasting. All right. All right. First off, uh, if you're an aspiring musician and you want to play music for a living, uh, like it or well, there's two there's two kinds of musicians, and neither one is bad. Okay, because the first one's going to sound like I'm being kind of saying this is bad, but it's not. All right. There's what I call um, selfish musicians, and then there's musicians that are I, I haven't come up with a word for them yet, but the ones that are have a better opportunity at making money. And what I mean by that is if you feel like you have to go down a certain road and play stuff that only you like, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. If there's no market for what you do, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but don't bitch or complain if nobody's going to hire you. All right. Then there's the people that are going to look at and figure out who do I want to play for? Do I want to play for an audience comprised mostly of girls? This is important. Do I want to play for guys? Do I want to play hard rock? Do I want to play reggae? You know, what do I want to do? And then you need to find that group. So if you're what I call like more of the selfish is probably a bad word, but if you're more of a internal musician, I guess you're going to have to create a crowd uh, and a following that's going to be willing to come to your shows and buy your music because it doesn't exist or it's going to be harder to find, or you could tap in 
to uh, an audience that already exists that's predisposed to like your music. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Um, I used to think, you know, back when I, several years ago when I first started doing the music marketing thing, the first question I would ask people to really dig into was before you start uh, this, uh, go down this road, you need to find out whether or not you suck. <laughs> and I've, cha- I've changed my opinion on this, and I'll explain. Because one of, one of the things I thought was really bad about almost all music marketing gurus and books and, 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 and courses and everything is they all work under the assumption that you are worth listening to. You know what I'm saying? True. Like True. if you go to like CD Baby or... Tune core, whatever it says, your music deserves to be heard. Not really? always. <laughs> let, me, let, let, me, let, let me play my new song for you. You know what I mean? Whatever. Even great songwriters write bad songs. So. I know, but but I've recently changed my opinion on this, and I'll tell you why. Um, I believe you could actually be pretty bad, but if you have conviction and passion and you're willing to find other people that really dig your really badness, you could be successful. I mean, now... This is no way am I saying, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I probably will. But I just have two words for you, Bob Dylan. Okay. I'm so now, glad you said that, Billy. I was, that was on the tip of my tongue and I'm like, <laughs> should I? I don't know if I should, but I didn't. You did. I did. You know? <laughs> so you I, didn't have to. I didn't I, say I can, anything. <laughs> I could take the heat for you, you know? And I mean, Bob might be one of the greatest songwriters in the world, but I have no idea. I can't understand a word he says, you know? We even have a song, our, a my, new band, my new band, uh, uh, Big and Tall, we have a song that we do. It's our, like our most popular song, original. It's called Sing Along with Bob. And it goes like, sing along with Bob, sing along with Bob. Everybody knows the words. Sing along with Bob, sing along with Bob. Bob loves singing. That's his job. They go, here we go, here we go, here we go. And the chorus comes and they go, and like, and then at one point I say, okay, now everybody in the audience echo me. And I go, and then the audience goes, it's hilarious. So, uh, my point being, and some of the punk bands, I mean, you know, you go back to Sex yeah. Pistols and stuff, were those guys talented? Oh, it's not good? about, yeah, it wasn't about talent. Exactly. They tapped into something else or even um, Naked Raygun or any bands like that. It, yeah, it wasn't, exactly. You know. So the point I'm trying to say, so that whole concept of do you suck, it was a cool idea and it makes sense. Uh, but really what it what really boils down to is you got to know who your target is. And I call that... Uh, <clears throat> Knowing, you know, I, I call it having a success symbol. Uh, in fact, I'm getting ready to launch my first music marketing product, and it's called the Success Symbol System. S- and it's really about uh, no matter what you do, no matter how good or bad you are, once you know exactly who's going to be listening to it, you can figure out a marketing plan based on that. You mm-hmm. know, so I think I've kind of uh, digressed a little bit off the original question. Oh, no, that's but, great. Uh, no, I just want to know that. Uh, but, but, but yeah, but my main thing is, again, find, find whoever it is that's going to dig what you're doing. Do you find and, that that applies to podcasts as well? Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, and podcasts. Oh, by the way, if you want to get into podcasting, there's the simplest way. I don't know what you guys are doing, but like, if somebody wants to dabble. I don't know what we're it, doing either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like the, it, how, let me tell you how I got into podcasting, okay, for stars. I'm a huge fan of uh, the old uh, CD Baby DIY Musicians podcast. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that too. I listened to the very first episode, and I was kind of like an informal like participant in it. I don't know if you ever heard, remember, you know, Bolton, the Bolt? Yeah, Chris, did you ever, Chris Bolt. Did you ever hear the episode where he gets a theme song? No, it's called I, Bolton. I, I, go, go back and listen to Bolton gets a theme song, okay? And that was me. 
And what I did was, no this way. is one of the ways I reach out to people. I, I was a real devout follower of the show. So one day they were saying about the bolt, the bolt. So I said that I wrote and I recorded this song on my iPad or my laptop. I can't remember. And I just sent it to them. I said, here, bolt's got a theme song. And they made a whole episode about it. No and way. It, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. So, anyway, but how I got into podcasting was I got this, uh, I had my iPhone and I got an app called Spreaker. And remember I told you the first show, Matt, Music Marketing, this was just me ranting and raving. So what I would do is I, you know, pick up my phone, I press record, and I go, "Man, music marketing minutes," <laughs> and then I hit, then I hit send, and it would go up, and that was it, boom. And that's how I did my first podcast. I didn't have any of this stuff, and I, I just did the whole thing on my iPhone, you know. So simple and is better. Sometimes I think so. Just keep it simple. Well, I think to get started, you know, I think, and, and I think you just have to do it. I mean, you guys are like so far ahead of the curve. I mean, this, you guys are uh, in tech. In technology and presentation and, and demeanor and everything, you guys look like and sound like you've been doing this for a long time. But it's not well, necessary. No, really. And it, it's not necessary to, to be that involved to get started. You know what I mean? And the same thing goes for music, too, by the way. You know, um, don't think you need to have the latest equipment. Don't think you need to do what everybody else says. Just do what feels right to you. Do what you can afford and find the people that dig what you're doing and then just keep improving as you go along. Well, you know, Robert Smith said, um, I might not be the, uh, the best musician technically, but at least I don't sound like anyone else. So I think that applies to everything. Have your own voice, right? Uh, whether as a musician or um, as a podcast or anyone that's putting something out there. I think, I think that's kind of what you're saying, too. Yeah, and, and with, my, with my shows, you know, I, like I'm not going to do video uh, podcasting, and I'll tell you why. For me, I'm kind of on a mission to make sure that uh, people I, – I, here, I don't like wasting time. I don't like downtime. Like when I made 12 CDs, right, whatever, I fill my days up. I fill all the little spaces up with um, – something productive you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like you know when i record those 12 cds you know a lot of that pre-production and even some of the final recordings were done like in my car and in fact the last cd i did half of the cd was recorded in a moving car while i was a passenger in the <laughs> that's awesome yeah you know what i mean so i was taking advantage of time that's wasted right mm -hmm. so that's why i like audio podcasts like i try to encourage the the, the singer songwriter the band to listen to my show while they're driving to the gig Mm -hmm. Because what are you going to do on the way to the gig? You know what I mean? Or the way back from the gig when you're running, when you're setting up. I mean, if you got the bar to yourself, plop my podcast on and let the speaker go while you're setting up. I mean, why not? You know, it's a little harder to watch a video uh, like that. So it's really nice that you guys are doing an audio version, too. Yeah, that, I was going to say that's yeah. that's kind of we want to be able to do the same thing where someone can listen to us on the go. Um, you know, but I think that the reason why we went video, I felt like it allowed us to tap into more than one market. You know what I mean? And because this, uh, some guests we have, uh, I feel like their fans would be more interested in seeing them. You know what I mean? Like, especially if it's an actor or a musician. Um, so that's kind of like, we, we kind of just said, screw it. It's going to be more work, but let's let's hit the best of both worlds. Well, you're such you know? good-looking guys, too. I mean, I, I mean like... <laughs> All right, okay now. Okay now. I have a face for, for, for audio, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But Billy, uh -huh. are you ready for 20 questions? Oh, is it time already? It's time for 20 questions. I'm ready, man. Who's Ross, you want to start out? Want me to start out? Um, I'll start. Okay. okay. Go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Meat. CD or vinyl? Streaming. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Wisconsin or Wyoming? Ooh. 
Florida. I'll say this like Ross would say it. Twitter or Facebook? Don't say it like that. <laughs> Twitter. The Walking Dead or American Horror Story? Walking Dead. Okay. <laughs> Star, Trek <laughs> Star-, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Indie or major? Indie. Guitar or vocals? Guitar. Spock or Kirk? Spock. Mac or PC? Mac. Leonard or Sheldon? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's where I lose time here, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, Leonard. You think that's tough? Breaking Bad or Homeland? Oh, Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't tough. <laughs> it wasn't tough. No, not at all. Linkin Park or Led Zeppelin? Linkin Park. They're a great band. I just saw them live for the first time last month. Oh, so good. Twerk or work? Work. <laughs> Come on. I think, you have, I think you have a hidden talent for twerking. No. <laughs> Never mind. Ricky, Gerv- <laughs> Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? What was the last thing you said? Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Mm, Ricky Martin. Whale or kale? Whale. Bette Midler or the Riddler? Ooh. Riddler. And before I say the last one, I want to point out, I think he's the first person who said Ricky Martin. <laughs> I think so. Actually. Okay, the last question. Live go, drum roll, drum roll. Ross or Marcio? Gosh. This is, this is awkward. <laughs> Unfair as well. <laughs> Where are you? Well, I've known Ross longer, but you have such a cool hat and glasses. <laughs> I can get a hat and glasses if it's going to no, change. No, you, you know, can't, Ross. Sway thing. You can. I can. You know, it's I've not just the before. hat and glasses, Ross. It's how you wear them, okay? You know what? <laughs> you know what? No, just, so, I'm sorry, but based on the amount of uh, retweets <laughs> and, and follows and, 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 and just like going out there and, and helping uh, push the gospel of the music marketing mind, I have to go for Ross. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I would be shocked if you didn't pick Ross. We so, love Ross. So, oh, we, all we all love, love Ross. Ross. But we, we love you Ross. too, man. You're like, we just don't know you that well yet. Well, Give us a chance. I don't blame you, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know what? It's, it's really about Ross. I mean, who am I? I mean, yeah. Who is this guy? He's just. I'm so just upset. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what are you listening to now, nowadays, Billy? What's on, your, uh, what's on your, your playlist? Oh, my gosh. You know, my son and I, we listen to music together because like, we're together all the time because he's my drummer, you know? Mm. And we mostly have been listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire lately. Okay. Which is crazy, but that's mm. just like, or anything, Stevie Wonder, anything kind of black 70s, 80s R&B stuff is what we've primarily been listening to. Very I don't cool. know how we got on that, that kick, but that's like the main thing we listen to right now. Um, Indie-wise, there's a band called Ludo. Ever heard of Ludo? No. No. Uh, you should listen to them. They're awesome. Cool. Awesome. And where can people find you online, Billy? Well, if you want to uh, talk about or see uh, music marketing kind of stuff, you can find me at musicmarketingmind.com. We also have a free Facebook group, Music Marketing Mind. You can join that. Um, if you're interested in finding out what I do, uh, my full-time job working with kids and uh, families, that's mrbilly.com, M-I-S. T-E-R-B-I-L-L-Y.com, MrBilly.com. And if you're interested in checking out what I do with my new band, Big and Tall, and want to see a really funny, 
Actually, I want to get a lot of comments on this. A really funny, super low budget uh, promo video. Go to bigandtallband.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Music Market Mind. Awesome. Billy, this has been great, man. I know I've. I've, Way too fast. You know what? I know. I feel like we need to have you back kind of soon. Okay. Exactly. I think you should come back uh, when your new podcast launches. Yeah, sounds and, uh, great. You can, once you've done, once you've re- released a few of those, we can uh, talk about how that's going. Because I'm really interested in listening to that one. Really, really interested. Yeah, it's the the, it, the the interviews I'm getting are just like really mind blowing. You know, the one thing I do want to say before I go, and yeah, I, this was the this was the point I was going to make earlier, and I I forgot. You know, the, one of the main reasons I got into the podcasting thing, honestly, was because I wanted to keep myself on track. And I wanted to learn things. And uh, I actually use my podcast shows as kind of accountability engines hmm. because um, if I'm going out there and telling people they should do this, that, and the other thing, a lot of times after a show, if Bob will go, oh, crap, I better fix my website today. You know, <laughs> I just told them that they should have this link. Ah! And, then, and then on the, uh, the Making Money Making Music show, I've already, ha- I've already gotten about five or six ideas to like – get better gigs and make more money myself. So oh, I'm, I'm totally excited about this. So, uh, yeah, and I want to be everybody's friend. So, uh, you know, <laughs> check me out, uh, like my stuff, whatever. And uh, if there's anything I can do for you two guys, all you got to do is let me know. Awesome. We will thanks, definitely thanks. be taking you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> my hey, pleasure. Thanks so much, man. Seriously, come back very soon. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Okay, guys. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>